Welcome to the She Knows Podcast. I'm your host, life and personal development coach, Luisa Kadieche. This podcast is about celebrating the modern day woman as she takes us through her life journey and the lessons she's learned in her areas of expertise. The heart behind She Knows does not reflect a woman who knows it all, but instead represents the woman who knows failure, she knows disappointment, she knows hardship, yet she still chooses to rise and to take her space in society. This podcast will leave you feeling inspired and empowered to live out your purpose and to embrace the essence of who you really are. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode on the She Knows Podcast. Your girl, Louisa, here and... I am extremely geeked out about today's episode because we are speaking to somebody in my field. She is a life coach, a phenomenal woman, and I'm, I don't know, I'm geeked out. Like, that's it. I'm so excited because this episode, I believe, is so, it's so good for the soul. (laughs) It's just so good for the soul. I know you guys are going to love it. Um, by the way, speaking on loving episodes, you guys have been absolutely supportive of the She Knows podcast. I've loved reading your reviews, your comments, um, the DMs. Thank you so much. I just, I actually just want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in. Thank you for everybody who's shared their feedback. If you are touched by this podcast if you have something to say um please do leave us a review please re- leave us a comment send us a dm on instagram but let us know what you think about this podcast and let us know what else you would like for us to talk about anyway i'm talking too much let's get to today's episode <laughs> today's episode, we speak to lawyer, woman empowerment advocate, international speaker, self-love expert and life coach, Fabi Doria. She takes us through her personal journey of leaving everything that she knows behind to pursue her purpose. We discuss self-love and how we can overcome internal self-doubt. No, like the first question we ask um, our guests is just to kind of, um, Tell us who they are outside of their profession. So this is basically just like an intro to who Fabi is, your life story. What brought you to this moment? Oh, wow. So I am the youngest one of two sisters. So I'm the third. And I grew up in Brazil between the farmhouse and the beach house. So I was always very free. Mm-hmm. in touch with nature, with animals, horseback riding, and I used to rescue homeless dogs. So I've always been in love with nature. And mm-hmm. I grew up in a very loving house, very loving family. But I went to a very small school in Salvador. It might seem like a big city, but it's actually very small. Mm-hmm. The, everyone knows each other and here I believe there is and I thought I was I was doctrine to believe that I I had to follow a certain path to have happiness and Mm -hmm. it was like a one-fits-all approach for everyone 
And I was on that way. And the, the path was you do a university, you get a good job, you find yourself a good man, you buy a house. If you're lucky, maybe, you know, you have holidays twice a year and kids, of course, you must have kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was following this path and my, my two sisters, it applied very well to, for them. They're both married happily. I was engaged and I graduated on law school. I had a good job as a lawyer, but there was something missing. And I just couldn't point what it was. And I couldn't talk to anyone either because here I was very healthy, emotionally, physically, and spiritually with a family that loved me, with a man that loved me, that wanted to marry me, with a family that loved me. And yet I was feeling empty. Mm. So there was this sense of emptiness and I didn't want people to think I was ungrateful or that I needed fixing, but I knew in my gut that there was something more to life than, than that, just that approach, at least for that moment of my life, you know, my soul was not resting. It was just restless. So I decided to, to marry myself first and I decided to travel an ocean apart left everything behind, fiance, family, job, career. And I went to London to do a master's in international law. And I started to work there as a corporate lawyer as well. And then again, the emptiness was still there because I just felt I wasn't impacting people's life on the way I should, mm-hmm. on the way I wanted to, or adding to the world with my authenticity and my, my, my true gift. So after a lot of soul searching and digging and going through some very tough phases of disconstruction, I finally found my purpose or my purpose found me, I guess. <laughs> I just opened up and my purpose was there already. I just opened up and everything flourished. And I took my diploma in life coaching. I started to public speak, to develop my own workshops to write. I love writing. So I started writing for um, a magazine in London in the UK. And that's how it starts to develop. It's the moment I am now. So I'm in a, amidst such a career transition, mm-hmm. um, public speaking, doing my workshops and really living my purpose every day. Wow. So, yes. Wow. I love that. <laughs> it's so <laughs> inspiring to hear how um, even when you, I think from the outside looking in, somebody saying, wow, like her life was perfect. She had somebody who loved her. She graduated law school. It seemed like everything was okay. But you speak about how you still felt like there was an emptiness. And you still, you spoke about um, marrying yourself first. But what brought you to that point where you were like, I can't live like this anymore. I have to get to that place where I am true to myself. You spoke about like owning your authenticity. What got Mm -hmm. you to that point? In all honesty, what got me to that point was pain. Mm -hmm. I caught myself at very early on my 23rd, 22nd. I was 22 years old and I was crying in the bathroom floor, just asking 
is that it? Is that, that, that is life? I have to get married, have kids, pay for my bills, and then maybe have a holiday. You know, mm. I just didn't feel that that was the right type of life for me. It might well suit a lot of other people as it does, yeah. but for me, it was just not it. But also, that was the only reality I knew. Mm. So I didn't know anything different. So I had to trust this inner gut feeling. I'm moved by pain. So the pain of staying somewhere I didn't belong outgrew my pain of staying in the comfort zone. Because the truth is I would have uh, an okay life if I had decided otherwise. It would be okay. I guess, I mean, that's my guess. If I chose that, mm -hmm. I, would be, I would have a man that loved me. I would still be in sunny Brazil with a good job. But, you know, when you wake up and you don't feel the energy and like the motivation to say, oh my God, today I'm going to own the world. Yeah. And, but, and that's the life I want to live because, mm. you know, you die, you die alone and you're born alone. And there's no, no morbidity into it. But what you do between, you know, the physical birth and the physical death is entirely our responsibility. And we're here mm. for such a short, limited time. Mm. So I wanted to wake up feeling the thrill every day and saying, that's the best version of me. This is my choice. This is my cake recipe. You know, I'm not yeah. following someone else's cake recipe. This is mine. So yeah. I think this pain really motivated me to, to say, Fabiana, let's look further. Let's, you know, one step ahead, go slowly, but go. And th that took me to the place I am today. Mm. Wow, that is, that's so beautiful. I mean, you're a self-love expert and we're going to talk about what self-love really is. But for people who are like feeling the way you felt um, those years ago, who are probably sitting wherever they are listening to this and thinking to themselves, I am not fulfilled. I want to live out my purpose. I want to thrive and wake up in the morning and feel like I'm on top of the world. What would you say to them? You know, what would you, how would you then define purpose to them? And how, what would you say to them if they are feeling that they are stuck in this bubble and they want to break free there's a couple of things first um on purpose mm -hmm. i i felt lost as well because like i said i did i i knew what i didn't want but i didn't know what i wanted so sometimes wow. i felt like i was in the middle of the ocean with nowhere to turn and if you are finding yourself in this position Try to remember the questions I ask for my clients on purpose is try to remember what were your gifts when you were a child? What did you like doing? And ask yourself, if you didn't need money right now, what would you be doing? Mm -hmm. And another question I like to ask is, if you died tomorrow, what would you regret not doing? Yeah. And I like to ask that because with my clients, almost 99% of the time, they never say, I would like a bigger house or I would like mm -hmm. uh, the car of the year. They always say, I would have liked to travel more or to spend more time with my loved ones. It's the simple things in life. Mm -hmm. 
So the purpose doesn't need to be anything big. You, you know, yes. the, it's very personal. It's very, it's very intrinsic. Success for a fisherman is having the catch of the day. Mm -hmm. For someone that wants to experience maternity is having a child. So everyone have a different purpose. It doesn't matter how small or how big you think it is. This doesn't matter. Your mm -hmm. path is your path to walk on. You know, it's your shoes to walk on. So first, I would say get clear on your purpose and remember you had a purpose before anyone else had an opinion. Yeah. So try not to try to silence the outer turmoil because the inner turmoil, turmoil is already big when we have this feeling of mm. the sensation of feeling lost. Mm. So try to really shut down the out outer noise and the inner noise go within and just dig deep you know to to connect because your purpose is there like i said when i open up to life life just open up to me yes. it's already there it's already waiting to, it's just waiting for your courage to access it you mm. know so i would say that pay attention to to your feelings and don't become a product of people's expectations. Yeah. Because a lot of people are not living their own life or taking responsibilities for their own life because it's easier to blame society or religion or the school or, or whatever it is, you know, victimizing mm -hmm. ourselves for not, not fulfilling our dreams. Mm -hmm. And I usually say to my clients that, okay, I get it. Maybe the pain you are in now was not caused by you, mm -hmm. but your healing is your responsibility. Only you have the power to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. So taking responsibility for your life and, and acting on it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, that is so true. I just, I love how you elaborated on purpose and you're absolutely right with how purpose does not have to look so restricted the way we envision it to be you know and it can it can just fit into your world the story of your life and I just I just really love that I also love what you said about how you know people are not necessarily you're probably not responsible for how people treat you or the pain they inflict on you but your healing is definitely your responsibility that is a big big point and since you're a self-love expert, you probably know all about it. But what is self-love? Like in a nutshell, yes. what is it? <laughs> self-love for me um, in companies, uh, treating myself with compassion and with forgiveness and with love in all, in all aspects, not only physically mm -hmm. taking care of my body and what I eat, but also of my emotions in my mind. So what I digest, what, what people surround me, what energy am I bringing to the room? What energy are other people be bringing to the room? And spirituality. So yes. again, spirituality is also very intimate. It's very intrinsic. It means different things for different people. So mm. self-love is nothing but treating yourself how would you treat your loved ones mm -hmm. because it's so much more easier to 
forgive thy neighbor than to forgive yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's oh, true. When, <laughs> it's so true. Like when you're when your loved one does something that you don't approve of, it's so much easier to forgive them than when you do something that maybe that's not what you approve of, right? Mm, mm. It, then it comes the self-loathing, the guilt, the shame. It's hard. Self-love is not easy. And that's my aim as well is to take the romantic aspect of it because yeah. we are seeing a lot of of talks on self-development and on self-love, like it's an easy path and everything. It's full of flowers and love songs and it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. (laughs) It's a tough journey. (laughs) It's a necessary tough journey. Mm. You speak about, you spoke about like showing compassion to yourself, you know, Um, how, how does one do that? How do I come to a place where I'm, be like how do I tangibly practice compassion to myself mm-hmm. yeah what is a, what are some things that you do actually that's actually a great question mm-hmm. the first thing I like to to bring into awareness this is the first exercise of my workshop mm-hmm. I get my to I get the the participants to establish the connection that they have established with themselves. And how do I do that? I ask them to close their eyes and really pay attention to the internal chatter, right? That little voice that either puts you high up or can tear you you apart, but it's incessant. It really doesn't shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Right? And when we do something that we don't approve of, it's even worse. Mm -hmm. So... I asked him to pay attention at the, this internal chatter and identify the quality of the voice, the tone of the voice. Is it loud? Is it, is it, you know, all, all the quality of this internal chatter. And then I asked him to feel on the spot. How is that internal chatter making them feel emotion-wise, what emotions are emerging for them. And for the last step, I asked them to think of a loved person. And then I asked, would you treat your loved person the same way you're treating yourself? Mm. Was, would this voice be speaking the same way? And almost... 100% of the times they say no. Yeah. I would never speak to a loved one like that. Mm. And then we see how we lack compassion with ourselves. Yeah. It's it's so it's just so tangible when we do this exercise when we bring that to awareness. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes this voice you don't even pay attention to the voice. You're so conditioned to the voice, you're so used to that you don't even pay attention but Bringing this to consciousness will help you first establish this connection. And then once you establish the way you treat yourself, you can then switch. Yeah. You can then make an active decision to say, I'm not going to treat myself like that anymore. Mm. I'm going to make a conscious decision to change. Mm. I love how you talk about confronting that voice. Something you said earlier on was we like you. Yeah. You said you didn't know what you wanted but you knew what you didn't want. 
And I think that's so powerful because like when you get to a point where you're like, you're realizing that chatter that you're speaking about, you can easily get to a place where you are now ready to silence that and, and really own your power, walk in your power. Now tell me when you, I know you spoke about like how, um, a, a big part of walking in your purpose is also silencing the opinions of others you know and I just want to ask you with your journey when you were now picking up leaving everything in Brazil going to London what was your family saying what were what were your surroundings saying (laughs) was it easy (laughs) because it sounds like it was not an easy move but how were you able to say yo I'm doing this regardless (laughs) yeah so my parents on the beginning, because I've been in London for 11 years now. So mm. on the beginning, I was just supposed to do my master's, which was one year and mm. come back and get married on 2011. That that was the plan. So my fiance stayed. My parents, they thought, OK, you know, she's going to be back and that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but then I finished my master's and I decided to stay there. And I received a lot of no's um, before before finding a first job in my area there with law Mm. at the time. Mm. And to support, in order to support myself and to follow that gut instinct, I started working as a hostess and serving tables. Yeah. And then everyone think, everyone just thought I lost it. My (laughs) parents were like, what are you doing? You had a fiance, you had a house, you had a job, you crossed mm. the notion to live in a flat chair and, and serve tables. What are you doing with your career? <laughs> what are you doing with your life? You know, so everyone thought I really lost it. Mm. And when I said, you know what, these are just your judgments. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I was actually so grateful. It was such a humble experience to serve others i think it was my first experience to physically serve to be on the other side of the table wow and Mm -hmm. i just met so many different people you know london is so cosmopolitan people were there for a year for two weeks for six months they it was such an exchange such an eye-opening of everything and enhanced my awareness it just brought me more compassion Mm. You know, to be on that position of serving, to experience what is to be on the other side of the table, because I was very privileged here in Brazil. Mm. And I I didn't need to do this when I was here. I I went straight to a law career. So it was so humbling having a flat share, living with people that I've never knew in my life. Um, It was so it made me grow so much. And I, I actually told my family, I said, listen. If I don't find a, a job in my area here, at least the growth I had as a human being, mm-hmm. I would do it all over again. Wow. That actually leads me to my next question, because I was going to ask you that in any stage of your journey, of your transition, did you have any regrets? Did you feel as though you made a mistake, that you could turn back time, that your gut <laughs> feeling was probably wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I did have moments of self-doubt. Yes, mm. I did, especially on the toughest. I remember 2015 on winter was such a tough year for me. I was fighting with my shadows. I was 
really deconstructing all of this that the Fabiana that people expected to be or the daughter of the lawyer, the, mm. the fitness freak, all these identities I was deconstructing and it was really painful. So, uh, you know, I did have self-doubt. I'm like, what are you doing, woman? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know you're going for this by yourself in another country. You don't know anyone here. You have such a lovely family in Brazil. You have such a good life there. What are you doing with your life? So, yes, I did have moments of self-doubt. But it was exactly on this moment that I had to, to ground my faith and say, mm -hmm. you know what? I cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it's there. I'm going anyhow. Anyway, this is my path. I'm aware that I'm not choosing the, the shortcut or the simple or the fastest track. Mm -hmm. Or the easiest, but this is my my path, and yeah. I I think that everything that happened to my life, from having to deal with death in the hospital by myself, to mm. to so many other things I went through in London in these eleven years, mm. was absolutely necessary to bring me to where I am now. Mm. So I'm so thankful. The only thing I would have done differently, I guess, is because I was a little bit outside of the curve of my family. Yeah. I thought I was going through this alone and no one in the world was going through what I was going through. Mm. So I felt that sense of detachment, of not belonging, of solitude yeah. and isolation. And mm. I didn't reach out to communities or to people. And at the time, there was not, you know, podcasts like yours that we could mm -hmm. connect and hear, you know, inspiring stories. So mm -hmm. one thing I would do is was just seek a community or seek podcasts or Instagram pages that, that brought me closer, you know, that mm -hmm. people spoke the same language that I, I, yeah. I did. So I didn't feel so alone in this process. Yeah. But, you know, it was it was good for me because I learned how to deal with solitude greatly. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I love how you speak about community. I think that's um, an advantage of living in this digital age is that we can, like, connect with anyone from any part of the world. I mean, look how we connected and, you know, have feel like you're not alone, you know, Um how can people connect to you? People who are probably listening to this podcast and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired by this woman. I want to book a consultation. Do you have one-on-one um, -on -one consultations or do you do workshops or um, is it just online as in Instagram? How can people connect with you? Yes. So right now I'm really focusing on one social media stream, which is Instagram. It's bilingual. So it's in Portuguese and in English. So I'll have a live in English and a live in Portuguese, writing in English, writing Portuguese. <laughs> My workshops, they were done presentially in English back in London, but because of the pandemic, now I'm in Brazil. So I'm taking everything online. Yes. And I do group coaching. My workshops are now going online and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well, okay. as well as public speaking. So I think the best way to reach me is through Instagram, 100%. And what is your Instagram handle for people who are curious? 
So it's Fabi underline Doria, mm -hmm. D-O-R-E-A. Awesome. I love that. Okay, yes. Um, yeah, to anyone who's listening, I have seen Fabi's content. She's amazing. Her lives. I love, absolutely love the live you did about marrying yourself first. It was the first time I actually heard that concept. So mm -hmm. people should definitely connect with you there. Um, I have one final question before we wrap up because we're running out of time. But this is also a question I ask all the guests when we close off the podcast is what would you say to the younger version of yourself? What would you say to the little girl or to the 22 year old or the, the version of yourself before this moment? What would you say to her? I think I would say the exact same thing I would say to the version of myself now in 10 years time. Mm -hmm. You've got this girl. Everything will fall into place. Trust, have faith, and move on. Wow. Trust, have faith, and move on. Yes. Yeah, that is so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Bobby. That I mean, that's it for today. Um, I absolutely love this session. I loved learning from you. And... I'm really inspired by your story. I know that whoever's going to be listening to this is definitely going to be inspired as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for holding this space. I, I think the world needs more people like you, you know, connecting us all through this social media era and spreading positivity. Thank you so much for having me today. There you have it, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you would like to get in contact with Fabi, please follow her on her Instagram at Fabi underscore Doria. And please don't forget to follow us on Instagram too. We are she knows underscore the podcast. We'll see you next week with another episode celebrating another phenomenal woman.